Welcome to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Rapici and Barry Falk. Hello, Dr. Rapici. Hello, Dr. Falk. How are you? I am doing very well. It feels good to be back in the Zoom room uh, with my a friend and colleague uh, to talk about media theory. Let's do it. Good to and, see you And again. today we're talking about, uh, I guess we're, we're starting a new chapter, but also looking back as, as, as will become apparent. Um, but what's the book we're talking about? How are we looking forward or how are we trying to grasp the moment? We're going to be talking about Raymond Williams, 1974 book. <laughs> Thank you for the visual. We're going to be talking about uh, Raymond Williams, what, 1974? Was that correct? Yep, that's correct. Uh, uh, book. Um, I seem to remember in the introduction as a as a digression, quick digression. Mm-hmm. He, Williams was a visiting professor at Stanford mm-hmm. and was initially responding to American television and then seems to have rewritten uh, the text when he went back to my under my understanding was like he, that? he he came and spent a night in Miami where he watched television as this sort of uh seamless form uh that you know wow. had had content and advertising and then shifted content and so this this sort of seamless uh form and i think that's a word that maybe we need to be careful with but uh and then when but, but and, it's but it's interesting that you're I, well, I I'm, I'm intentionally it's very relevant to yeah. what we're going to be talking. And then uh spent a year at Stanford and I think he actually wrote it at Stanford like composed the text there and then it became uh the the wonderful thing that it is for us now. That we're talking about today that and the book we're talking about uh by Raymond Williams is called Television Technology and Cultural Form. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, we're beginning a new chapter and talking about Williams. We don't know how many discussions of this of Raymond Williams in this book will have, but there's at least going to be this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going, and obviously, Williams is. Uh, and why are we talking about Williams in the first place? One of the, one of the concerns of the podcast, I guess, one of our remits that we imposed on ourselves is to think about. Uh, um, I'll, I'll avoid the word classic but I'll use the word maybe foundational text and media studies that from time to time uh, we want to go back to found it, even though I guess our special concern is digital. Is that right? I guess it is. I mean, we're concerned about the up to the moment problems caused, you know, or associated with digital culture and digital, the current state of digital culture and the current state of media studies. But uh, we also believe that it's important to go back to foundational texts and discuss them. So in the, with that idea in mind, return to Raymond Williams. Uh, and we're going to talk about Raymond Williams today, particularly his book, Television, Technology and Cultural Form, written in 1974. And at the head of our discussion, though, we also want to look back. I said that we're also um, thinking about... Um, which is going to make it very difficult to walk because we want to move forward. But we have one eye cast backward, at least for the beginning of our podcast, because one of the things we notice in our reading is that Williams is very conscious of a major foundational thinker that we've been talking about a lot in our podcast, um, Marshall McLuhan. Marshall McLuhan has come up in our discussions uh, many times, um, to the point where he's become a drinking joke, right? A uh, running, a running joke, and I, I, I self-identify. I won't impose this on Michael, um, but I self-identify as a McLuhan stan, and I have done so many times. And we noticed as we're rereading, uh, reading, and rereading. Um, I don't know if you had any. Did you have an experience with this text? I guess I read a portion of the text many years ago. So I, there was a little bit of rereading, but I, you know, I, I wasn't able to comprehend the text when I really no, contextual. This, is, this has been this is the first time. This is the first time through for me, though. Um, I, I think that as I was reading it, it's impossible. And, and this is largely probably due to our, our particular lens, but it's impossible to think about this without thinking about McLuhan. Um, yeah. And and the thing that uh, Barry and I had discussed briefly before we started recording um, was the 
sort of the, the tension around the term form in the title and mm -hmm. uh, how how form is a McLuhan uh, sort of what's the word I want to use here? I mean, it, it's essential. Oh, it's a key word. Yeah, for, yeah it's a simple concept. Well, well, let me get to that directly. And since you are, you know, since you rightly bring it up. So what we notice in our, and put this into William's context, you don't have to go too far into the reading of television to, to realize that A, Williams is obviously aware of McLuhan's thesis, but that just as equally clear, um, in fact, he makes it explicit in uh, one of the chapters of the book. He makes it explicit early on, at least in my edition, that he has um, a fundamental disagreement with McLuhan. So we thought it would be good to, so we wanna talk about Williams, but we thought it would be good to begin our discussion of Williams by expressing the viewpoint that Williams seems to, Williams wants to counter uh, in a lot of his arguments in this book mm -hmm. on, on television as a technology. So, um, so Michael, let me just throw it to you for a second, and I, I, I'll we'll work on this together. But um, how would you? What is the before we talk about Williams' alternative in McLuhan? Let's see if we can um, discuss and clarify for ourselves and for listeners and viewers. Um, what ideas of McLuhan that, uh, you know, what McLuhan seems to stand for in media theory and also how we've used them, right? I, you know, well, I, I think, try to clarify that before yeah, we go into I, Williams' counterposition. I, I think we need to be a little careful because the, the focus sure. here really needs to stay on Williams. Um, but mm -hmm. so it's tricky in a way to say, okay, well, here's McLuhan without focusing too heavily, but focusing enough to make the discussion of Williams a productive one. So um, I think the logical place to start is with the catchphrase that McLuhan is most famous for, um, which has three different pronunciations and as a result, uh, three different interpretations, right? So the, the, the basic, the most standard one is the medium is the message. Um, and I think implicit in that statement is the core of McLuhan's argument that the, in, in talking about communication technologies, that the medium is more significant than the content. So the way that I try to think about this and the way that I've tried to explain this is if you think about media as two distinct yet connected concepts as a container and then as the stuff, the content in the container. Mm -hmm. Right. For mm -hmm. form and content. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, the overwhelmingly, I, I think the dominant way of thinking of this when we watch television is that we are watching a particular show, for example. So I'm watching. In other this. words, we're getting a particular content. Correct. And McLuhan would argue that what is less significant. The show, the content is infinitely less, less significant than the container, the medium. Right. And right. the idea is that there are certain, as I understand this anyway, that there are certain limitations on the medium, but there are also certain um, paths, certain ways of seeing, certain ways of being that the medium requires. And so, um, that that so that would be my quick gloss on the medium is okay. the message that we need right. to focus that that the content is secondary to the form and this is where we're starting to discuss the word form and that we need to be aware of the significance of the form in terms of how it shapes what we do right and how we do and that that and that constitutes just to speak in you know uh just to put a positive spin and we, we'll talk about alternatives to this. Yeah, I think, well, let me, let me say one more thing. Yeah, sure, I, please. I, I, please. I think it's important to realize that McLuhan went to great lengths to be clear that he was, though he may have had personal feelings that his, um, his philosophy here was agnostic. This is not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. I don't feel like he was demonizing or lauding technology sure. or you know me uh television for example i think this was simply say hey this is content is secondary to form, form right. well and, and that would be in keeping with a formalist i mean because 
that would be in keeping with, um, we're going to talk about this, what Williams doesn't like about McLuhan's approach, which he characterizes a formalist approach, but what you just mentioned would be characteristic of a formalist approach in that any kind of formalist appro approach to any text, in a sense, you're, because you're talking about, the, because the critic and the observer is talking about their apprehension of a form that exists more or less independently of the uh, subject and the object, because they're talking about a form that they're abstracting from the, in this case, medium. Um, the question of value can be bracketed off. The question mm -hmm. of like, how do I feel about the content? That can be bracketed off because right. you're you're taking a formless approach. In the same way that a literary critic might look at a you know uh, a novel about murder and say, well, yeah, I know that this is this is this uh, a novel with a you know with an explicitly incendiary sexual content or violent content and still say, you know, I'm not paying attention to the content. I'm noticing it's the, the novel, yeah. right? I'm noticing the form of the novel and that's my discussion. So my feelings about sex and violence or whatever are, uh, are kind of irrelevant to the formal consideration. So Williams, uh, Williams, Williams is critical of this, but that is one of the, uh, that's well, so let's let, let, characteristic of formalism. Yeah. Bef yeah. Bef so, so that's the medium is the message. Yeah. Then we have two others. And I, I, I so we have the medium's message. We have then the medium is the mass age. Mm -hmm. And then the third, the medium is the massage. Well, are, is it the second and third? Well, I, I don't know. I, I would I would put it a little bit differently. Remember okay. that not, not to get in the way of your flow, but I think this is important to say. There are two McLuhans, right? There is a, the McLuhan who is a Toronto you know, the uh, academic, mm -hmm. right? And he was the quiet academician who wrote Understanding Media in 1964. And then there's the star. hipster television Playboy interview, McLuhan, McLuhan the celebrity. And it is in the midst of his celebrity where McLuhan, very savvy man, uh, a student of advertising culture, right? In, as early as the 50s, He's interested in television because of advertising culture, and he really rebrands himself. So I would say that the 1968 publication of The Medium is the Massage, second and third meanings that you're talking about, it's a pun, and it's a very knowing pun. Now he's giving, an, he's rebranding himself and giving this new spin on media. And this gets, to, there's another comment I have about this, but if you wanted to I do. I, I just was, yeah. but this the spin is not without significance or impact. Oh, it's it, incredibly significant. So, it, it's, so, it's what Williams doesn't like about McLuhan, which is why I think we need to bring it up here. But we, I think we have to be careful lest this become McLuhan part whatever. Right. So medium is the message. Hey, form trumps content. Correct. Right? I feel, and correct me if you read this, or you know, let me know if you read this differently, or correct me if you feel I'm wrong. Medium is the mass age is a nod to the fact that these media are, if not ubiquitous, quickly becoming so. They are the dominant form. Exactly. Right. Um, so it is an acknowledgement that we have transcended older technologies and have fully embraced this, which and I- And have entered a new sort of global media system. Which is significant because, especially in terms of Williams, because we cannot have the discussion of Williams or probably McLuhan without really taking stock of the economic systems that enable this and that drive it, right? And then thirdly, and this is where I'm get a little, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe getting a little out of my comfort zone here. The medium is the massage. Um, how do you, how do you, well, before I, I, before I, I, I show my a... cards here, I want you like, how do you, how do you read that? No, I, I mean, okay. So again, thinking about, um, and I, I'm, I'm looking at the clock metaphorically and literally in the sense that we're going to get dear listener, dear viewer, we are going to get to Williams. Williams. Yeah. We're going to get to Williams in a moment. Just this, this is the end of our little uh, McLuhan diversion. And it is a diversion because we want to get to Williams, but this, this is the last bit of it. I promise you. Okay. Um, so again, there's the, uh, 
old McLuhan, uh, the pre-1966 McLuhan, and then there's the post-1966 hipster uh, playboy after dark McLuhan, the McLuhan, the celebrity figure. Uh, but the old McLuhan uh, was a fan of James Joyce and an avid reader of Finnegan's Wake. He loved puns. And basically what's going on with the medium is the mass age is that there is a particular pun. The first pun, the first meaning of ma massage, mass age, uh, M-E-S-S-A-G-E, M-A-S-S-A-G-E. Uh, -S -S -E. mm -hmm. The first meaning of that Michael just spoke to. Uh, the medium is the mass age, which is a nod toward um, uh, toward McLuhan's belief that we there's been a rupture in media developments. There is a new media system that's going to be more invasive and also simultaneously more global that's emerging. And that's the future. And that, in a sense, there is a future emerging that does not correspond with past media history. I mean, it, it's obviously in a continuum with it. But we're about to enter a brave new world. That's the part of McLuhan that seems to be, I think, I think still is very prescient. But, and this wraps up our discussion, I think, of McLuhan, I think. You ask about what's the other meaning? What's going on with the other part of the pun? The medium is the massage. This gets to, there's another meaning to the title. Um, and this particular meaning is what Williams doesn't like. Because, and, and Williams does include it, right, in the, in the punning title. What does it mean for the, the title, the medium is the massage, is an acknowledgement that media has, that exposure to media, that watching television in particular, changes our minds changes our cognitive patterns. It massages us. It makes us more pliable for, uh, pliable for advertising to be and more uh, easily persuaded by advertising. But also it, it really reprograms our minds. Now, and this is the part that Williams is gonna take issue with because he feels that, um, Williams feels that McLuhan gets obsessed the post-Playboy After Dark McLuhan gets obsessed with this aspect of media. Oh, the media is going to change all our minds and our minds are going to be reformatted by television watching. He thinks that that is, that is uh, to use a word that we're probably going to return to in this episode, techno-determinism. It, it, first off, it's, a, it's an incorrect focus to pay too much attention to psychic effects as opposed to social context. Williams as a Marxist would take issue with that. But it's also just like kind of a digression from the story to say that uh, you know the, the purpose of media studies is to pay attention to the psychic effects that media has upon us and the ways in which it reprograms it. So that massage part of the, the new uh, McLuhan is really what McLuhan uh, was Williams. really what is bothering Williams and that he's going to write against in the passages we're going to talk about. Okay, so so just to to put McLuhan into a place that yes, we can then refer back to as we go through Williams. McLuhan in his three different punny, you know, versions sure. here, right? One, form over content. Two, form has become the dominant form it is right so this 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 television this as a form. television as a yeah. form it has become the dominant form and thirdly as a massage and i really love the sort of punny wordplay with 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 the term massage right that it has forced eased it has become a part of the dominant culture and the dominant vernacular the dominant way of seeing and thinking Dominant um, way of seeing and perception, in, right? In, in yeah. a way that is yeah. sort of uh, narcotic in the sense that it's going to uh, lull you Lullous. and comfort yeah. you. So there is a certain agency about the technology that perhaps Williams is a the little word. bit uncomfortable with. And so it's you funny. You hit it. That, that well, is it. Michael, repeat that because that is like the key. That, that was gold. Well, the I, agency. I, it, it is. And so I think that this, and I'm, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm running a little too far with this here, 
But the distinction between McLuhan and Williams in terms of how to classify or or, or how to position the uh, media technology really comes down to, I think, a materialist view on Williams's perspective, which again makes yeah, sense yeah, as course. a Marxist. And in a way, you have like the early stirrings of new materialism on McLuhan's perspective, where these technologies do actually have an agentive, determinative role about them. Yeah, um, that's interesting. It, it's interesting. But I don't. I don't want to linger there well, because that's okay. Yeah, no, that's another podcast. That's a different. Uh, that's 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 that's, that's for that's, our Patreon, isn't it? That's, that's for our Patreon. When we do that. Okay, so should we segue? So with that said, let's, so yeah. I, I think the important thing, yes, by God, let's leave McLuhan. Uh, <laughs> oh, in, for in, God's in, sake, in, please but I, get but, to Williams. But I, I think what's that's the point of, that's the friction point between okay. discussing television as William sees it and as McLuhan sees it. And we can we can run from there, but I think that was okay. <laughs> that was 20 minutes well spent, I hope. All right, so you <laughs> well, have let's it. Hope. <laughs> we hope, okay, but now- you have a digital version of this, and so I think for should, uh, should I should I go ahead and I'll go ahead and share it. I think for YouTube, show it for those of you listening. We're, Barry's going to read. Uh, oh, is that what well. I could do? Yes, I am going to do. Uh, and um, and I am sharing it for those of us, uh, for those of you who are on YouTube uh, and admiring us uh, on YouTube or, or doing something to us on YouTube. Um, so what we're doing now is we're going to talk about Williams. We're going to articulate the features of Williams' alternative position, right? Yeah. Basically. Yep. So this is a passage I picked arbitrarily, but I think it's a kind of media, uh, a meaty, rather, uh, meaty passage, and it gives us a lot to chew on. So I'll read it directly from um, my edition here. Uh, and this is in the first chapter in my particular edition, where uh, in this first chapter, as one might expect, um, Williams is rather leisurely developing his own alternative view of technology as a, both as a technology and a cultural form. Um, and let me characterize in a sentence or two before we get to this path. This passage will help us uh, uh, thicken our description of you know William's own particular argument but before I do that let's see if I can sort of summarize the the basic thesis of the introduction and of the whole book in a sentence or two I think I would say this that uh, Williams is concerned I think I would do it this way Williams is concerned about an argument that he thinks is pervasive and McLuhan contributes to this argument, but the argument extends or, uh, you know, is bigger than McLuhan's own particular brand of media studies. Williams really wants to unseat what he thinks is a conventional understanding of media technology as being a determinant, as having its own agency, to use Dr. Rapici's word earlier. He really wants to unsettle this idea that technology, once it's up and running, becomes a fully determining factor on human behavior and therefore on social behavior. So, for example, in my edition, I, is this true in, in your book as well? The second chapter talks about violence and, and, it, where ba and Williams tries to refute the idea that television violence would be a cause of violence in, you know, in real life. But this is part of his broader argument that uh, he really wants to unsettle our, our confidence um, in, the, in technology's agency. The mm -hmm. technology simply determines not just our mental processes, but all social processes. So that's the bigger argument of the book. And what does he want to put in its place? Well, as a Marxist and as a materialist, he wants to say that economic and social processes um, geared towards state control and economic economic and military development, that these things are the primary forces in a given social structure, mm -hmm. and that technology is always secondary, and that the uses and abuses, right, this is important, the uses and abuses of technology, they're, they're secondary, they're secondary effects of the primary uh, 
uh, the primary mode of production. And the primary mode of production is, well, I'll stop my uh, crib explanation and read the passage because he makes it very clear what are the primary movers and shakers in a social formation. So in this passage, on page 10 in my uh, ancient edition, the principal incentives, and he's arguing against this sort of this, again, he's arguing against this notion, Williams is arguing against this notion that technology on its own determines and shapes societies. Right, right. So, you know, against this idea, Williams is providing his alternative explanation. And here it is. The principal incentives to first stage improvements and developments, that, that's what he talks about in this particular chapter, you know, not just improvements, but uh, any developments in the evolution of communications technology are coming from, to resume with the reading, they're coming from problems of communication and control and expanded military and commercial operations. Uh, let me read one or two other set parts of this paragraph, and then let's discuss. This was both direct, arising from factors of greatly extending distance and scale, and indirect, as a factor within development of transport technology, which was, for obvious reasons, the major direct response. Thus, telegraphy, tele what the hell? Telegraphy? Tele telegraphy? I guess telegraphy. I always read it as telegraphy. Right? But yeah. Thus... Sorry for that. Uh, yeah, I'm an English professor. Proud of it. Don't know how to pronounce words, but um, this telegraphy and telephony, telephony, ah, and in its early stages, radio were secondary factors within a primary communication system, which is directly. This is the meat of the paragraph and the sentence in the paragraph, which was directly serving the needs. These technologies were directly serving the needs of an established already established and developing military and commercial system. So Dr. Rapici, what's, what's our gloss on this? All right, so uh, this is a gloss and a question for you, right? Yes, um, sir. The gloss is that in an already established system, a, and to use William's word, a problem in communication or control arises. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, these technologies are developed to address said problem. That is the gloss. Okay. That's a gloss. So, in and other that's words, Williams. And, and just stop you just to emphasize that seems to be Williams position right there, which you just well, articulated. That is right? his position. Yeah. Right? He's, saying, his position. Listen, he's saying, in, and, and this is where I, I think that, but there's a, there's, there's an interesting rub here in a way. Okay. Um, I didn't mean so, to interrupt. So there is an established position. So the infrastructure is already in place, right? There is an there there is a structure in place that develops this technology. So this is a direct challenge to the medium being the message if we're talking about communication. Of course, because here of course. we have a specific need that this you know medium right. Telephony, mm -hmm. telephony, uh, telegraphy, 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 right? Is is developed to address right. what I so so he's very clearly looking at this as a uh, from, from a materialist position, right? Like we have a problem which is a is in need of a solution, and this technology then and becomes, the problem is with the military, economic, bourgeois, whatever elites, right? Social. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, is, problem, it is. That's their problem, and technology is fixing their problem. It is a very specifically contextually determined issue, which a subset, not the entirety, a subset of the population is dealing with and is able to address. Right, right. One of the questions, so but so one of the questions that Barry and I were talking about before we we, we came on was sort of a, I, I was playing this sort of chicken and egg game with McLuhan and Williams, okay? And um, I think, I don't know, I first, so first of all, I think Williams's position is pretty clear, right? These mm -hmm. are, um, the, the, these technologies are not, agentive they are 
I don't want to say in their conception, they all, they, they are single or maybe dual use technologies, right? Like, I, I just, you just showed your Latour there. You have to cover up your Latour. So? These, these media are not agentive. I loved it. Sorry. Um, well, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> You're not I'm, sorry. I'm, no, I'm, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I just wanted you to be self-conscious. I didn't want you to be sorry. <laughs> well, so what's interesting, other than my adherence to Latour's theories, is that Williams calls these first stage improvements and developments. Interesting. And yeah. One of the things yeah. that we were talking about prior yeah. to this was if Williams and McLuhan would be compatible in, I guess, what I will now call a second stage, hmm. right? And so when I saw this and we were talking about this, I immediately uh, thought of the the William Gibson, um, I think it was Rolling Stone, about the same time that this would have been published, uh, his episode on Rocket Radio, where he talks about how the street will find technologies and adopt them to their own uses, uh, independent of what the initial uh, mm -hmm. rationale for developing mm -hmm. them may have been. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, and I'll ask you, mm. uh, we've had a little time to let this marinate now, is does it matter that these technologies are sort of case specific after they hit the market isn't there room for Williams and McLuhan to coexist? Well, I'm going to, that's, that's a great question. I mean, it's um, a biggie and I'm, I'm, I'm sure we could probably whittle it down. Um, but that's, that's because this is such a, they, they have a very, I mean, like almost a diametrically opposed perspective on these, but I wonder if it needs to be that different. Well, let me, I'm going to, uh, I'm not going to give a straight answer to your uh, excellent question. Nor should you. Instead, inst <laughs> nor should I. Um, no, I, I should, but I am not. Um, I'm going to, but I am going to try to answer it uh, using Williams. Make sure that we to, to give us another chance to sort of clarify his arguments. And I'm going to draw on um, one of the most interesting. I'm going to draw on a passage from Williams' first chapter, which we were just looking at. I'm going to draw on an example he gives and ask you to comment on, because I think it's in some, it's in tangential, but still proximate relation to your question. Uh, it's passage in the first chapter that I found really fascinating. And it's a particular test case he gives using a technology, not television, but photography. And so I, I'm going to indirectly, I think, address your question, if not answer it. Um, but like I said, I'm going to use Williams. So in the course of talking about television, or I guess as a preliminary to talking about television in the book, uh, Williams begins the introduction by mentioning a variety of communications technologies and technological developments that emerged in the 19th century, noting their uneven development and uneven evolution. Uh, he doesn't mention this, but this is an example that's sort of close to my mind right now, given some of the things I'm teaching. There's almost an 80, no, not 80 years, but at least at least 50 year. There's almost a 50 year uh, timeline. Uh, I'm sorry, 50 year gap between the invention of the phonograph and the phonograph record. And the development of what we would call today the recording industry. So there's a 50 year gap and there are comparable starts and stops, fascinating stops and starts uh, in, in terms of technological evolution and development that Williams, he doesn't mention the recording industry bit, but he does mention a lot of other innovations in sound and visual technologies. And his point is, um, you know, a lot of times inventors are thinking about television, you know, basically they're thinking about television a hundred years before you really have the technological capacities for having television and thinking about meat and thinking about cinema at least a hundred years before you have Hollywood, right? So, you know, you have these incredibly, um, 
you have these sudden stops and starts and rapid accelerations. And, and that's, of course, to his point, that technology doesn't have agency of its own, right? And that uh, developers and commercial interests have to, you know, for other purposes, they get interested in the evolution and construction and further specialization of technologies. Okay, now, more that's a little bit tangential to your question, directly to your question. He uses, Williams uses this example. Do you remember this example from photographs Which about one? photography? You remember know. this example about photography? I'll, I'll see if I can say it, restate it real quickly because I'm interested in your response. I don't want to spend too much time on, on the question. So at a certain point in the, but I think it's relevant. As I said, I think it's relevant to your question. So one of his examples of this, you know, uneven development of technologies is photography or surprising developments in uh, technology are photography uh, is what happened to the photograph. So in the 19th century, the, uh, again, people were slow to understand the commercial uses of the photograph. Um, fast forward 80 years, and Williams seems to be talking basically about the world of the 1920s, 30s, and four, even the 1940s, and also thinking about the use of photographs in wartime, in, uh, in the aftermath or as a response to uh, World War One or the development of the domestic household um, in the early to mid 20th centuries. And he's saying, okay, so you have an invention of technology, photography, which really gets underway when both state forces, police forces, right, criminology, when, when police interests and also state interests are interested in the technology as a way of classifying and identifying populations. And of course, there is a commercial use for photography that evolves very quickly where people want to photograph their lives, right? Mm -hmm. And fast forward, you know, at least 60 years, um, Williams remarks on this, that, you know, at the same time that you have these commercial uses and even state imposed uses of photography, you have people using photographs to reinforce their sense of identity, of their sense of community, of their sense of belonging within a space, within a household, and of belonging to a certain family. So this is, so in other words, not all use at, at a certain point, I, I was thinking this related to your question in, in, in this way. Uh, you were asking me, what do we make or what does Williams make of these parallel developments that are not, they're facilitated by capitalism in the state, but they're not completely controlled by capitalism in the state. So I, I don't know. So at this point, I throw the question back at you. So what do you think Williams makes of these cases? Okay, so as you were talking, um, I think maybe I have a line of inquiry which will get us somewhere. Okay. Um, we're going to step back for a second first and just think about Raymond Williams's sort of notion of social progress here in terms of the residual, the dominant, and the emergent, right? And so he's talking about social classes sort of existing in this three-step process, right? And so if you think about this in terms of um, generational, right? Like you've got your dominant class, you've got your grandparents, and you've got your kids as the residual and the emergent. And each of these three has some measure of impact on what's happening, right? The dominant gets its cues from the mm -hmm. uh, residual class, which is going to be taken up and altered by the emergent. So I was thinking about these three in terms of technology, right? Mm -hmm. And he talks about this. He talks about sort of the capitalist uh, impact of technologies, but basically all, and he, he again, I don't have the page numbers in front of me, but all of these technologies that lead to television are, um, are the result of previous technologies Correct. that are right. then adjusted 
But these previous technologies, as we've said already, exist because of a particular problem that needs to be addressed. Okay. So <clears throat> this is still very much away from form, Matt, you know, from form. This is now specific. This is a content question. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is these technologies, again, are the result of the residual technologies, which provide clues to answering dominant questions. So what we're looking at here really is the emergent aspect of Williams's model. Okay. I think that McLuhan sees this as, as since he sees this as a form concern that the growth, he wouldn't even talk about these questions. He wouldn't think about the no, class it dynamics. Be, right? It would be a very right. organic spread. And yeah. so for me, the growth or the sort of dissemination of these technologies for McLuhan is organic. It spreads where it's going to spread. Whereas with uh, Williams, and I, I think his you know political philosophy is back there <laughs> this out, this is more of an opportunistic growth. You are not going to let things go where they go. The spread of technology, the growth sure, of these technologies sure. is going to be opportunistic in terms of I have a problem, which of these pieces can I use? In other words, which of these positions can I either use to solve a problem or can I use for financial gain? Exactly. Well- or, or well, another well, way. Go we ahead, have, we have, yeah. what, so what what Williams yeah. sees yeah. these so so there's a big bit in the first chapter about the with television with the means of distribution grossly outnumbering sure content, sure sure right? absolutely so absolutely so in terms of television Williams is looking at this, McLuhan's looking at this as a form thing right this is going to change the way we see things Williams is looking right. at this rather as a as a means of disseminating content, should we have the content? If there's no content, it's not going to change anything. If it's content, then we have a thing we can put it in. But the question then becomes what content can you can you do something with? Which is why I think it would be really interesting to take his night in Miami and saying, wow, I'm not looking at how we see things. I'm looking at how content dissolves into content. It's 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 it, it's a more content-focused concern. Hmm. It I, I guess I, I had a different understanding of the moment. Well, anyway, I love what, what you so, just said and I want to return to it, but, or do you ahead. have another point you want to make? Uh, no, I, I just, I just, I guess the difference for me is that with Williams, I see television as a means to economic ends. Whereas with McLuhan, I see television as a means of seeing the economics of this don't really take there we go. Well, yeah, I, I think and I agree that's with that's you. that's production and distribution versus. Um... Anyways, go ahead. I, I I couldn't say it better. Um, I will just I'm going to write a little something in addition, a, a small addendum to what you said. But okay. I think you know, broadly speaking, I think um, that totally corresponds with my reading of Williams um, and the difference between Williams and McLuhan. That McLuhan's formalism according to Williams, and I think Williams has a good argument here, McLuhan's formalism means that he tends to look at the answer to the problems of media evolution. He tends to look for the answer within the media itself. Mm -hmm. Whereas Williams very intentionally says, to understand the meaning and significance of technology and its evolution, you have to look at history and I'm going to add, and, and, and these material processes and the, you have to bring back in the economy. You have to bring in social, um, the social, the social realm, social reality. I'm going to add one little thing to what you just said, though, because it, it, and it's illuminate um, uh, your your discussion of emergent residual formations um, and dominant formations. Um, I th you're you're totally right. Um, and I'm grateful for you bringing, you know, that's, um, you brought up Williams' theory of class, mm -hmm. right? Of how, of class struggle, of class segments and class struggle. Um, and behind, although he doesn't articulate it overt, you know, clearly and directly in this first chapter, behind his history of technology, behind his understanding of how technology works, functions, and develops. And this is different from McLuhan. Um, 
he has an understanding of technology. Once it's developed, it's open to what the William Gibson element. It's open right. to redefinition by different class fractions. There is a class struggle, put it simply. And this but is the we, only thing I would add to what you were saying. But would you say there's a I, class struggle over there is a class struggle over the meaning and function of technology once it gets developed. But technologies are still deployed to solve problems. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I think that's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas, so, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. OK. Yeah. OK. So, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to say that, well, the problem solving to whom is it a problem? Who's trying to solve the problems? Well, it's different class fractions in different ways right right right, right. It, that's that's what gibson i think was referring to when he says the street's going to come up and try and here let's let's amend i would slightly amend gibson uh what what is his exact quote michael can you give me the phrase again oh the i think street? it's the street will find its own use okay so i would add this and see if you agree with me um, I would add this to Gibson. He's absolutely right. And Williams would certainly agree with him. The street is going to try to find its own uses for media. But I think because all these interventions and projects are happening in a class stratified or a hierarchical class system, doesn't mean the street's going to get what it wants. Well, no, it's a question of access at that point. It's a question but, of access. Absolutely. And, and so Absolutely. it's not so much what do you No, You're 100% right. It's not so much what do you, are you going to get what you want? Um, but it, it, it's more a question of here are the things at your disposal. Yeah. And we know and, and, that there's yeah. a tremendous amount of inequity. Uh, exactly. In exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I guess, you know, and, and finally, your explanation of what will you, you know, by bringing in residual dominant, uh, Williams clad, uh, categories for understanding class, you um, you make a powerful, you know, even for this McLuhan stand, you make a powerful argument for the virtues of or uh, the affordances of Williams system as opposed to McLuhan system. William, uh, McLuhan doesn't really allow you to talk about social evolution with the nuances that Williams system does. No, because we'd all be limited by the fact that it was form and form would be consistent. Whereas, yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting observation I hadn't originally thought of. Okay. We've, we've gone on at length at Mc, about McLuhan mm -hmm. and about Williams. So I know that in our previous discussions, this is an unscripted moment. Well, let's everyone. go. Um, I know that in our previous discussions, we said we wanted to return to McLuhan, but maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should stop here for everyone's, uh, I think so. I I, I think that maybe we should stop I, here, and then maybe that's going to be our part two or the beginning of our part two. Yeah, I don't. I, I think to carry on too much is going to dilute the the focus. Yeah. of what we've done. I no, feel I'm that we've reached, uh, if not uh, so uh, here, though, closure. Then you know, a, a place where we could stop. Well, so let's do this. Let, let, let's do this because I think in to, to some to say somewhat true to form, um, the question that we were essentially asking here was what's the meaning of media, right? And in a McLuhan sense, even though we're not talking about McLuhan specifically, in the McLuhan sense, we'd say form, right? That, 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 that it is all determined by form. I think if we ask that question in terms of what do we do with Williams then, the takeaway, if you will, right, is that what Williams offers us that McLuhan does not, the takeaway for me here is that Williams offers us the ability to look at media on a much more granular contextual level because we are not confined to this big form picture. We can now say, well, in this structure, this aspect of media functions this way, however, or in this context, excuse me, whereas in this context, the, the exact same media would function very differently. It's not determinant. Uh, of an outcome, right? Right. It is. Right, it is merely right. a result yeah. of a context. You you said it well. Uh, the I mean, he is absorbing it to to go back to the another word you used earlier about agency and media's technology and media's agency or its agenative properties. Uh, he's Williams is trying to absorb that back into an understanding of the social totality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I it, it my, so my takeaway when we started. I was really wrestling with this is are, are, are these two thinkers just stuck in different phases of the technology development continuum? 
And I'm leaving this discussion now no longer burdened by that question, rather thinking that they're really two different ways of engaging media. Right. Um, right. Uh, Williams allows us to talk about media in terms of class or in terms of context that, that, that Williams doesn't. So there's my grand take. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I... I think what you're talking about it was the you know the word that I used a, a, a couple of minutes ago affordances. Right, that Williams right. allows you these affordances in, in a media analysis that uh, there are different affordances. And right now, in the weight of this conversation, I feel that there are distinct limitations in the affordances of McLuhan's. Can you imagine that I'm saying this? Careful, careful, uh, there careful. There are distinct limitations in the affordances of McLuhan's statement. That said, you know, my desire for our part two on this will be there are certain things about McLuhan's formalism that I think are vitally, I'm going to put it in a strong uh, fashion, that are vitally important, not for the sake of preserving McLuhan, but for a understanding of the current media landscape that I, I do want to preserve. And maybe we could talk about that another time. I think we should. All right. Well, Barry, um, I guess this is the, hey, this is the end. The part the end we have line. to say goodbye. Um, <laughs> all right, a good one today, I think. Thank you. And it's a, uh, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Um, as always questions, comments, criticisms, make them mild. We're sensitive souls. Um, we'd love to hear. Them. All right. Um, we'll have a good one and, uh, we'll pick Take this care. up next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Critical Media Studies podcast. To find out more about the show, check out our webpage at criticalmediastudiespodcast.com.